0: You don't think that we mesh well. (laughs) I was like, why am I even listening to you to begin with? You're a virgin who can't drive. For years, Brittany Murphy was underweight and undernourished. Her face was pallid and her limbs reed thin, which gave rise to whispers of anorexia. More recently, she lost a major movie role because of rumors, likely false, it turns out, that she was using illegal drugs. She would cry herself to sleep at night over the slow demise of her career and beg her husband, Simon Monjack, to leave L.A. with her and return to the East Coast. Things got worse in December 2009 as she struggled with undiagnosed pneumonia. For over a week, she complained of shortness of breath and abdominal pain and self-medicated with a hodgepodge of over-the-counter and prescription medications in an effort to relieve her symptoms, but she never sought medical help. On the morning of December 20, the inevitable happened. Suffering from horrible stomach pain, Brittany collapsed on the floor of her master bathroom where she lay unconscious for the next 30 minutes before she was discovered by her husband Simon. Simon, assisted by Brittany's mother Sharon, who lived with them, tried to revive Brittany by getting her into a cold shower and then called for help. Exactly what happened? Oh, somebody's passed out. Somebody what? Oh, somebody's, my daughter's passed out. She's... she's we're doing mouth-to-mouth. Please get here. Oh, oh, okay,
1: Please. okay. All right, we're going to... How old is your daughter?
0: She's 30. Please she's help. She's 30?
1: Okay, she's with you now?
0: Yes, there's someone
1: coming. Yeah, ma'am. You don't have to yell. We're going to send somebody out there, okay? Please. Is she awake? Please, no.
0: Is she breathing? No. Okay, so
1: somebody's doing mouth-to-mouth? Yes.
0: In the next frantic few minutes, as the 911 dispatcher instructed Sharon and Simon how to resuscitate her, it became increasingly clear that Brittany could not be saved.
1: Forehead, and your other hand under her neck and tilt her head back.
0: Place your hands under her forehead, the other hand's on your neck and tilt her head back.
1: Put your ear next to her mouth.
0: Put your ear next to her mouth. Can
1: you feel or hear any breathing?
0: Can you feel or hear any breathing? Can you hear anything, Simon? Yes or no? Yes or no? No! Okay, right. A short time later, paramedics arrived and did all they could. But at 10.05 a.m., Murphy, just 32 years old, was pronounced dead. I'm Jason Beckerman. I'm Derek Kaufman. And this is Last Days, Brittany Murphy.
1: The coroner in the case later identified the cause of Brittany Murphy's death to be pneumonia, iron deficiency anemia, and multiple drug intoxication, and found in her system Vicodin and various allergy and cold medications. There was no alcohol or illicit drugs in her system, nor, the coroner said, any obvious evidence of foul play. He concluded that, though valuable time was lost in the delay between the time she collapsed and paramedics were actually called to try to resuscitate her, without which Murphy likely would have survived, no one in particular was to blame for her death. It was just a confluence of events that led to the death of an already unhealthy young woman. And that should have been the end of the inquiry. Except it wasn't, um, because it was also about this time that the truth of Simon Monjack, her husband, came to light, and everyone from Britney's closest friends to the media to casual onlookers came to believe that he was responsible for her death. Monjack and Murphy had met when Murphy was at a
0: low point, rail-thin, probably abusing prescription meds, and finding it harder to get roles. Her descent from Hollywood It Girl following a series of lauded performances in Clueless, Girl Interrupted, 8 Mile was as quick as her rise once was. Only 14 when she and her mother drove west from Jersey to follow Britney's dreams of stardom, she quickly landed prominent roles in major network sitcoms before getting her breakout role as Ty in the iconic 1995 movie Clueless. I know one of your favorites. One of the best. Murphy was only 17 at the time, the youngest of the main cast, and she was a sensation. Everyone from Roger Ebert to Rolling Stone magazine remarked upon Murphy's singular talent.
1: Look, if there's a breakout star from Clueless, other than Alicia Silverstone, who it is her movie, it's Brittany Murphy. I mean, she jumps off the screen in the role that is the most, I would say, relatable. Everyone else is in sort of a parody of what it was like to go to ritzy high schools back in in the mid-90s. And she is the sort of outcast who the stories it's structured around. It's really all about her. And, and really it is a, a sort of art pre- predicting life,
0: right? This is a East Coast girl who comes to the West Coast, is a bit of a fish out of water, changes her appearance to become popular, does, but then it all collapses around her and she ultimately has to find out who she is again much like what happened to Britney Murphy herself.
1: Yeah, so these early successes were no match, really, for the insecurities of this young girl from Jersey, who she was just 5'2", short brown hair and a round face, didn't really fit the stereotype of a young starlet that she yearned to be. So as Murphy later told the story herself, when a big-shot Hollywood agent called her, and this is an infamous quote, quote, "...huggable but not fuckable," Murphy took it to heart and set out to transform her appearance quite radically. She bleached her hair blonde. She began losing lots of weight. And in what turned out to be perhaps the worst thing that ever happened to her, she was actually rewarded for these changes. Uh, She lands a series of supporting roles in huge movies like Girl Interrupted, opposite Angelina Jolie, 8 Mile with Eminem, Just Married with Ashton Kutcher. And she actually began dating some of her co-stars like Eminem and Kutcher while she's making these movies. So she's a far cry from Ty from Clueless where she had the round face and she sort of played up that grunge role and it was a transformation role. Now she was a blonde bombshell and she was actually reaping the rewards from it. Um, She wasn't satisfied with these supporting roles though. So she doubled down on this physical transformation to even enter more into the leading female territory. Here's Britney's friend, Kathleen to Jimmy, recounting to HBO a conversation she had with Britney on the need to be thin to get the part she wanted. One day we were filming at Fox. I was like, are you okay, honey? You know, I, I think the blonde is great, but was it your idea and your beautiful body is diminishing? And she said, that's what I've been told. If I wanted to be considered as a leading lady, I needed to lose a lot of weight.
0: And you could absolutely see this transformation on screen. She does 2003's Just Married. Murphy looks thin, but but healthy. But in Sin City, two years later, released in 2005, a year before She Meets Monjack, Murphy is downright gaunt. She's got sunken cheeks, that that is you know that the thing you look for that protruding collarbone. It really sticks out on Murphy.
1: Uh, And I remember that movie, Sin City, sort of had that heightened aesthetic. It had the black and white sort of film noir, and it fits into that role. But when you look into the 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 actual uh, sort of work she did to appear this way. It's off-putting, even though it fits into what that what that movie was trying to convey. Right. Um, and this is right when sort of the real trouble starts happening um, in her life. Fellow cast members started talking to the press about her abuse of prescription drugs, and the media sort of started describing her as anorexic, while friends worried she had an eating disorder. Kathleen DeJimmy, who you'll hear her name a couple times, she was close with Murphy, described Murphy as sort of, quote, muddled and desperate and said she was becoming prey to things that she thought would help her. Um, you know, this is in the context of, remember, Brittany Murphy is not an old Hollywood star. There had been stories of anorexia in Hollywood before. You had it with Karen Carpenter. You had it with Tracy Gold with Growing Pains. So this was an old story that a lot of people were trying to intervene at the time while it right. was happening to save Brittany Murphy, unfortunately, right. too late. Right, the
0: conversation had, had transformed from where it was in the 50s and 60s to now you could have these conversations. And when you saw a friend that was struggling, you could go up to them and it wasn't lauded to be as skinny as possible right. anymore. It was something that people around her, especially somebody like Najimi who had had decades in the business by that point, were willing to see and call her out on and say, you're, ju- you're getting too, too skinny and I'm worried about you. But Najimi talked about becoming prey to things that she thought would help her, and in steps Simon Monjack, an unsuccessful screenwriter and two-bit scam artist who'd been in trouble with creditors for years over alleged financial scams and unpaid debts, including to his ex-wife and child in France, neither of whom Britney ever knew anything about and
1: through the day she died. It's really a worst case scenario of a very vulnerable actress who is susceptible to a a character like Simon Monjack coming into her life sort of like a Spangali.
0: And boy, did he take advantage of her. Uh, Speaking to Murphy's desperation at the time, he somehow convinced her that he was the one that could could cure what ailed her, get her the parts she wanted again. He initially showered her with jewelry, including a beautiful replica of Audrey Hepburn's tiara in Breakfast at Tiffany's. You can just imagine how somebody who's desperate for stardom would really look up to or really, uh, you know, covet the tiara from Breakfast at Tiffany's. And in April 2007, four months after they met, the two were married in a private ceremony. Monjack immediately became the most significant force in Britney's professional life. Anyone who challenged him or questioned his loyalty to Murphy was quickly removed from her life. He served as Britney's agent, manager, lawyer. He assumed absolute authority over all of her finances and he began to freely use it to his benefit buying himself expensive cars, and actually using Britney's money to make child support payments to the uh, ex-wife and child that, again, Britney had no idea existed.
1: Yeah, it's really an unbelievable story given who Simon Monjak was in, in Hollywood and who Britney Murphy, the power dynamic was exactly the reverse of what, what you, you would expect. expect. Right. Um, unsurprisingly, Monjak did not revive Murphy's career. To the contrary, her association with him actually started to hurt her career. She was becoming alienated from movie makers and friends. According to that HBO docu-series about the couple, Monjack would lie to anyone who would listen about being a billionaire, having terminal cancer, owning c- fancy sports cars, said he dated Madonna and El McPherson. And this is my favorite one. And this is unbelievable. He actually said that he had the largest private collection of Vermeer paintings in the world.
0: I think a, a, an average Vermeer probably goes for $50 million, and he apparently claimed that he was the largest collector of Vermeer paintings in, in the world, and
1: yeah. he, he sort of pitched this to people. And how do you possibly say that with a <laughs> Straight face <laughs> to people who wouldn't are you very say wealthy in Hollywood. Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you say, like, yeah, hey, which one do you have? You have the girl, uh, girl <laughs> right. with a pearl earring somewhere <laughs> right. in the back? Right. Um, so, the ever present, he was sort of ever present in her life and insufferable, coupled with her tarnished reputation made work harder and harder to find. By 2008, Murphy was fired from a movie called The Caller. Um, the allegations were that she was rude to the crew and Monjack was drunk on the set. And in 2009, she was either, depending on who you believe, not invited to reprise her role on the Happy Feet sequel, that's the movie with the penguins, the animated, the animated movie, or was fired from the production before it even began. Either way, not a good outcome. Her career was sort of in shambles at this point. So by late 2009, before she gets sick, Brittany was holed up in her Hollywood Hills mansion, unemployable, staying up all night watching TV with Simon Monjack and her mother, who lived with them. All the while, he continued to spend lavishly to support sort of the lies that he had erected um, to burnish his image. And so
0: all of these facts are coming out in the wake of her of her death. And if these stories weren't enough to convince people that Monjack was somehow complicit, if not directly responsible, for what happened to her, the revelation of the deeply bizarre relationship between Monjack and Sharon Murphy, Brittany's mom, that, are, that came about after the death, really did the trick. Immediately after Brittany died, Sharon began sleeping in the marital bed, exactly on the same side of the bed where Brittany had with Monjack. And Simon said the two would often hold each other for hours while mourning their loss. And then a series of very creepy photos leaked. These are available online. You can take a look at them. They look like prom pictures. Simon and Sharon all dressed up, their hands on each other, looking tenderly into each other's eyes. In one, Simon is standing behind Sharon, reaching his arms around her, holding her hands with their fingers interlaced, which I think is,
1: we we talk about this. I, when your fingers, it is, it is a romantic <laughs> gesture to interlace them. Yeah, now, when you hold your daughter's hand, you typically hold this way. It's, yes. it's sort of more paternal. But this but how is do weird. You hold your in-laws' hands interlaced uh, uh, is I mean they're going through a tremendous period of mourning,
0: and it's hard to put ourselves in that position sure. where they lost somebody so young in such tragic circumstances. So I, I'm tempted to give them some benefit of the doubt, but if you take a look at these pictures, it really is hard. And another one of the pictures, she's got she's she's on his shoulder, much like a prom picture sort of both of them looking at the camera his arm is around her her arm is around him her free hand is that on his stomach and it's like below the belly button on his stomach right. and there's nothing overtly sexual about the photos, certainly but they suggest a level of intimacy that is just to say the least uncommon between a mother and her son-in-law no matter how much trauma they may have endured
1: are you ready to shop Yeah. And this was sort of happening in real time. Everyone was still sort of grieving the loss of Brittany Murphy. And then to see these photos surface, we're we're used to seeing um, people, family members come out of the woodwork and sort of talk about a sort of lost starlet who who dies uh, too young or even a grieving husband. But it was just odd. I mean, there's no yeah. other way of putting it. The only thing I can think is somewhat comparable was when Joe Biden's son passed away and his other son began a romantic relationship with the widow. And as you said, look, people grieve in different ways. Yes. And I don't want to pass judgment on it. But the way it is processed by the public is that it's a little right. We're strange. We're talking about
0: the public's reaction to the finding of the coroner that he wasn't to blame. And everybody's all of a sudden looking at these things going, boy. This isn't quite evidence that he was complicit or in some way responsible, but it certainly is creepy as hell, yes. and we really need to maybe look into this
1: further. And that's when we get the report from the LA County Coroner uh, that on the day of Brittany Murphy's death, Simon Monjack himself sternly demanded that the medical officials and the county coroner not conduct an autopsy. Now that's a red flag in anyone's head. Yeah. Uh, the coroner Ed Winter, who actually recently just passed away himself, yeah. uh, said the demand, which Monjak acknowledged was not based on religious or moral objections which sometimes come into play suggested to him that Monjack was trying to hide something and if that wasn't weird enough here's Monjack with Sharon by his side Brittany's mother explaining to Larry King why he didn't want the autopsy
0: There was this woman who just lost her daughter who who to us it was such a shock this pristine body that
1: was curvy in all the right places and and the skin like silk and how could I say in front of her mother cut her up
0: I mean, it was just a I And mean, kind of insanity is
1: that? So what did they do? In they the
0: cut her up anyway. Uh, uh, first of all, just, just to end on that, let's pick up on the last point. The the coroner doesn't have to abide by his right. de- his demands. They went ahead and did the autopsy anyways. But uh, the request and calling his wife curvy, See, in, all the right curvy right in all the right places. Curvy all the right places in this pristine skin. I, I I don't even know how to, when I heard that
1: the first time, I was It does a disservice to the word creepy. I mean, this is her husband, and and as as I said, I don't like to pass judgment on the way people grieve because everyone processes these emotions in different ways, but he decided to publicly go on Larry King with Sharon, and they thought that this was a, a sort of normal way to express their grief to the public, and it just didn't work. Well, in fact, the entire Larry King interview is crazy disturbing. Monjack controlled
0: Sharon throughout the interaction, interrupting her incessantly refusing to allow questions for herself. Sharon was disoriented, she was slurring her words throughout. At one point, Monjak tells King that on the morning of Murphy's death, uh, Murphy said to, to her mother she was gonna go outside, and, and out there she lets Murphy know, or says to her mother, I think mom I'm gonna die. Sharon then says it was just an hour or so before Murphy's death, Something that would directly contradict a timeline they had previously given to investigators. And listen to how Amanjak reacts into the, uh, the strained back and forth with Sharon.
1: She woke up. She couldn't breathe. She went out and get, to get some air. Sharon followed her out. I'll, I'll say this because I know you can't. She said, Mom, I'm dying. I love you. And Mom, I'm dying. I love you. She knew she was dying. <laughs> This I was believe- about an hour
0: before. But- no,
1: no, no, baby. This was you forgotten oh, time. It, oh. And then oh, she goodness. ran to the bathroom. No, that- Brittany had Brittany's safe
0: haven was the bathroom. You see how Sharon keeps trying to get in to say, no, it was an hour before. And Monjak is talking over her, stopping her from saying that. Because again, the story they had previously told to investigators was
1: different. You can see all the qualities of this sort of con man for, for lack of a better word yeah. and how it might have worked in private settings with someone like Brittany and her mother, maybe this played differently. Yes. But when he had to bring this act to the public, you could see right
0: through it. You, you could. It, it, there was actually Ed Winter uh, later said in this HBO documentary that we talked about. He was interviewed for it. And one of the things he said was that after this interview with Larry King, the limo driver who had driven who had driven them to and from the studio. Uh, told uh, told the investigators that when they had left the studio, the whole act changed and they didn't seem nearly as sad and tearful as they had seemed on stage, which caused a tremendous amount of sort of consternation within the coroner's office. And yet, despite all of this, Monjack's con man past, the destruction of the career, the recklessness in the way, she, way he spent his money, her money his refusal to have an autopsy, his unnerving relationship with his mother-in-law, investigators ultimately found there was no criminal liability for her demise.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, even though he may have been recklessly spending her money, even though he may have wielded uh, undue influence over her life, holding someone criminally responsible for a death, they just didn't have the facts to lay that out. He could have been a bad guy in a lot of ways, but she caught pneumonia. She didn't get it addressed. She had sort of no defenses to battle something like, pneumonia despite being just 32 years old she was so thin and she was uh, riddled with so many other prescription drugs in her system that she just gave way looking at in totality you're seeing a woman who who
0: lost all agency to simon and this was not a man you wanted to lose agency to clearly this is a con man through and through and through and not saying that he he, i can't conclude that he didn't love britney that he didn't care for her or that he was in any way anything but grieving for the loss of his wife sure but his activities leading up to her death, the way he spent her money, the sort of callousness with which he treated her career. Uh, and then the post-mortem interactions with Sharon just, it, you know, it just caused you to scratch your head and say, what was this guy really up to?
1: Yeah, I mean, even a, a quite jaundiced view of, of Simon Monjack would lead, to, lead you to believe maybe that he wanted to keep his cash cow alive. Let's say he had no emotional investment in Britney, which I don't necessarily believe to be the case. I think they had a very strange and complicated relationship. Um, but uh, uh, the final conclusion was... She died under mysterious circumstances, but ultimately, we're not looking to pin this on Simon Monjak, at least not the immediate cause of death, just that maybe the confluence of all these things, his involvement in her life was not healthy. It was not healthy. And and the fact that they
0: didn't get help right away for her. I mean, it's not criminal because you got to show intent for it to be criminal. And we just don't have that. What about the counterfactual here? Something we like to do, right? If Brittany Murphy is so. So typically what we say is if this person hadn't died on this day, what different? what would have happened I think if you take it that narrowly, it's hard to see how Brittany Murphy's career ever really would have re- re- rebounded.
1: Not unless she had sort of turned her health around in some meaningful way, because as we pointed out during this episode, her career was already sort of in shambles. Yes. Now, Brittany Murphy was an extremely talented actress. You can't do what she did in a comedy like Clueless and actually give it heart and real emotion without having real acting chops, and she yeah. showed that in Girl Interrupted. It's not as though she and was once always again, in real high level critics. Yes,
0: we're talking about this being the next big. Star in Hollywood because of her acting chop.
1: She really did have it. She had that wide eyed look, yet very, very relatable. She was beautiful, but not in such a way that it was sort of a model at a remove. You yeah. really sort of felt with Britney Murphy, and she had a very promising start to her career. It really was just derailed by the Hollywood machine sort of uh, playing with her emotions and her sort of mental health in such a way that she really started to physically look different and, and lead uh, down a, a, a Terrible past. There were a lot of criticism laid at the at the feet of the unnamed uh,
0: Hollywood bigwig who said that she was huggable but not fuckable. And yes, awful, awful comment. Uh, and by the way, there was some others. Howard Stern said about her, like yes. after she, she was dating Ashton Kutcher, her career was starting to take off. She was doing the movie with with Kutcher. And Howard Stern said about that, uh, you know, I can't believe this girl who was so fat and ugly once upon a time and clueless is now so hot. Yes. And that was exactly what Brittany Murphy suffered from this desire to become prettier and prettier through starvation, through prescription drug use, uh, through bleaching her hair in different ways. I mean, there was no, and, and it, it was a slightly different time, right? Yes. 20 years ago in Hollywood was a slightly, 25 years ago in Hollywood was a, was a, di- a somewhat different time. Uh, but nevertheless, it's hard, to, it's hard to sanction. And frankly, just to pick up on that, that Howard Stern clip is not available. He has people scrubbed have, it. People have written about that. Yes. But Howard Stern himself, the shock jock, has scrubbed that because in hindsight, especially, you know, given her death, what a, what a terrible thing to have out there.
1: Yeah, one thing I do think about with her is that she might have emerged if uh, she were sort of able to wake up from the trance of the Simon Monjak in her life. If she were able to distance herself from him, maybe ha- they have a divorce, I could see her resurrecting her career. Career and sort of a late stage. I mean, even today, Brittany Murphy, she died in 2009. She would be how old? I mean... She was, she was 32, 30, so she would. it's been uh, 14 years. Yeah. yeah, she could have had like a sort of an HBO series devoted she to... She was the, in no she,
0: more trouble than a Lindsay Lohan was or whatever, right. who has finally you know found some sort of happiness and is, you know, the, the whole thing. I, She's no talented she and loved,
1: yes. and to Jimmy still has a, a bright career. You could see yeah. her sort of dragging her into a project and sort of helping her sort of find her way, but we'll never get to know. Uh, and, and the fact is she left... Behind this huge legacy, I think Brittany Murphy is 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 sort of going to be remembered forever because she's in one of the most classic movies of all time. And yeah, that, so that's although,
0: heartening. Although I, I, the legacy could have been so much more, right? Yeah. She, she's remembered as Ty and clueless, and that's great. And that's a very important movie, and most people would kill to be remembered for one movie after a career. But I just, I, I think I can't help but think about the opportunities that were lost with her. She was that yes. talented and it r- really was, was pretty awful.
1: Couple final notes about uh, about this whole saga. So Simon Monjak ended up dying himself in May of 2010. Uh, Sharon found him after he'd collapsed in the same bedroom floor on which he'd performed CPR on Brittany just five months earlier. The cause of death in his case was also ruled to be pneumonia and anemia, exactly the same uh, ailments that had befallen Brittany. This coincides Incidents gave rise to theories about rat poison, toxic wall mold, and others. None of these theories ever actually went anywhere, but because they died in such similar circumstances in a similar location, people said, well, must be something about the house. Yeah.
0: A short time later, Sharon Murphy, who was left nearly penniless uh, by her daughter's death, tried to pawn the various pieces of jewelry Monjack had given Brittany before they were married, including including that beautiful replica Audrey Hepburn tiara from Breakfast at Tiffany's. They were all fake, worthless, Sharon has not spoken publicly since.